Do you beat up on yourself? Like on the regular? I should have done this. I should have done this. Maybe at the end of the day, you're frustrated because it seems like the day completely just flew by and you didn't get everything done that you uh, wish you would have gotten done. And this happens all the time, right? We're so freaking hard on ourselves. But listen, there's this, there's practice. There's this little, small, tiny list that you could write at the end of the day that would not only help you stop beating up on yourself so much, but it just might actually help you see how freaking awesome you really are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, this list. Well, this list is going to make your brain happy. Welcome to another episode of Happy Brain. My name is Heather Parody, and thank you for joining us as we explore the fun side to mental health by digging into the simple hacks and fun tips to make your mental health journey more enjoyable and your brain a little happier. Hey, y'all, welcome to today's episode of Happy Brain. I am so grateful that you are here. My name is Heather Parody. I am your host. Today, we're going to hear from a therapist who uses a reverse to-do list with her patients to help them move through their anxiety and overwhelm and build some confidence. Holla, anybody want some of that? Sign me up. But before we get started, I am so excited that we launched a brand new community for the Happy Brain listeners to connect with each other and me. Because I want to connect with you. You can make episode requests, share feedback, and support each other on your mental health journeys. Membership is 100% free and convenient. And all you have to do is go to tlbc.co forward slash community. Listen, it's linked in the show notes. I know if you're going running or driving right now, you don't need to be on your internets. It's in the show notes, tlbc.co forward slash community. You can join there. I would love to get to know you. Let's do this, y'all. So today's guest is Lindsay Howerton Hastings, who is a licensed professional counselor and coach from South Carolina. But listen, Lindsay, oh, a reverse to-do list. So a reverse to-do list is something that we talk about a lot if we are having this sense of overwhelm where at the end of the day, our anxiety, maybe some depression, maybe some overwhelm is still telling us, I got nothing done. I'm never going to accomplish everything. It is too much. And then what does our brain fill in the blanks with? I am a failure. Because what we know is the brain is an anticipatory organ. It makes up things, right? As it goes along, that's pretty much what we deal with in anxiety so much. And so if the brain tells us, I can't get everything done, I have too much to do, I'm a failure, when we go to bed feeling like crap. So instead, right before we go to bed, instead of our to-do list at the beginning of the day, we write down everything we did. And think about what you and I have already accomplished this morning. We woke up, we checked some emails, we got two kids ready, we got our butts out the door, we got our butts back in front of these cameras, and it's 9.07 in the morning, my time. And so if we look at even what we've accomplished in a few short hours, by the end of the day, We've accomplished work tasks. We've kept ourselves alive. We've fed a bunch of people. We've probably gone to the bathroom. We've done all this work. We've answered emails. We've answered text messages. Maybe we've even done something enjoyable for ourselves, exercise, scrolled Instagram, been on Facebook. And so then what we realize is our brain is usually lying to us, that we're not a failure, that we didn't accomplish nothing, that we've done all of these things. The benefit of that is it kind of trains our brain and trains ourselves to catch our brain in those little lies and to say, oh, I am having a little bit of an anxious moment. And that anxiety might be telling me I'm not accomplishing anything, but that's really not true. So I don't need to pay attention 
to that anxious thought as much because anxiety lies to us all the time. Sometimes I feel like it's just me that I'm just hard on myself. But then when I hear other people, I realize it ain't just Heather. We all do this to ourselves. Why? Are we just hardwired to be this critical? I think for a lot of people it is. And I think, you know, with that idea of the brain is an anticipatory organ, it fills in the blanks with the negative. I think there's a biological kind of survival instinct to that, right? If we hear Let's, if we're living in the woods and we hear a rustle, we're not going to think, I wonder if it's someone bringing a gift. We're going to think it's probably a bear run, go fast. And that protects us, right? That we are guessing we're making things up and they're negative. There's a protective factor there. This is why we plan for things. It's why we have first aid kits before somebody's bleeding, of course. So I think sometimes it can be so beneficial. And I talk about with my clients all the time, so much of our anxiety, so many of our worries are really helpful to us. The trick is when it becomes a little bit too much and every worry becomes overwhelming, everything feels negative, non-successful, failing. And to kind of bringing ourselves back down to the more neutral aspect, you're in yoga and Buddhism all the time, find that middle ground of sometimes we can anticipate the negative and that's really helpful. And sometimes our brains are just making up negative things and we need to bring our brains back to the middle and say, no, 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 everything isn't negative. Everything isn't a failure. Here's the deal. This sounds nice, but um, the first thing I thought when I heard this is like, well, what if I have a hard time like finding things to put on that list? Because if you're really critical of yourselves already, right, it might be difficult to acknowledge and find and write down things that you did do because you're so used to seeing all the bad, right? We have to know we're going to do it. And a lot of times, you know, we work on kind of what am I talking to myself about in my mind? Am I a person who's naturally saying it's never enough? If I know that about myself, then what would somebody who's not me say? What would this sort of like imaginary supportive big sister say? She would probably look at that list and say, no, 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 you're a total badass. Very few people can accomplish these things in one day. And you did it. Glennon Doyle always talks about that at the end of every day, we just sort of have to give up. We That we work as hard as we can. And at the end of the day, we say, no, 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 that is enough. You know, another thing to your question about how do I maybe not judge myself for thinking, well, maybe someone else could have done more is that when we have the idea of I'm going to do my best every day, we're saying exactly that. We are doing our best every day. Now, my best today might be excellent. And then tomorrow, I don't know, maybe I'm feeling a little more anxious. Maybe something gets in my way, family drama, financial stress, maybe the weather's bad, maybe my kid wakes up puking. Well, then my list might look a lot different tomorrow than it does today. But I am giving whatever my best is at that moment and giving myself grace that sometime my best is going to be curling up on the couch and giving myself a big break because that's what I need in that moment. And yeah. really acknowledging that our best is not comparison to somebody else. Our best is not comparison to what we think some sort of, I don't know, magic productivity princess should be allowed to do. It's that today I gave it my all and my all was this list and that's enough for today. All right. All that makes sense. So let's get to this list. Uh, what are the rules here? The anxious personality loves an instruction, right? It's <laughs> All of us were like, no, but how do I not fail at this thing that is meant to design, designed to make me not feel like a failure? Please tell me. Um, so this is where it actually is personal preference. Some people love pen and paper. 
Some people love just doing more meditative activities. So as I'm lying in bed, I'm thinking, I woke up this morning, I got my kids to school, I did an interview, I did all my tasks, I fed my dog, you know, and some people are good with that. Their brain is like, oh, that's right. I did all these things. Some people like doing it in a note on their phone if they're a ill-advised, but we all do it, kind of late night phone scroller. And we say, okay, maybe get off social media and maybe use that note app to remind yourself how much you've accomplished. The other benefit is if we do this right before bed or, you know, within 30 minutes or so, sometimes our brains will get a little triggered of like, oh, and also it wasn't a failure, but I did not get to this thing. Great. Put that on the list. And then what have we done? We've given ourselves a little added protection for the next day instead of having to come into our day and say, let us start the to-do list. Well, we've wasted kind of 45 minutes. But if we kind of think of these things the night before, it can have a little added productivity benefit as well for the following day. I was curious. I know she's recommended this a lot to her clients. I wonder what some of the common barriers maybe or roadblocks that people have faced when she suggests that they do a reverse to-do list. I think the biggest one, well, there's always easy ones, remembering it, making time. But the biggest one is that people with skills like this, with just simple little things, if we can't imagine it being successful, we are sometimes very hesitant to try. And I think again, Mm. it's because many people who I would use this task with, they're very busy, they're very overwhelmed. And they think, really, you want me to add? That's so silly. I I don't understand it. Therefore, I don't want to do it. And sometimes you know, with anything unknown, whether it's simple like this or really big things, we have to have a little faith. And that's why we say, fake it till you make it. Just do it. And if you hate it, great. Don't do it again. With so many anxiety skills, with so many self-care skills, we have to try some things and say, okay, well, I see how that works for some people. It's not for me. The other thing that people struggle with is counting things as productivity. So I say, you're going to feed your kid three times. Then they're going to have two snacks. Then you're going to clean up after you. People always joke, all we do as parents of small children is clean the kitchen and yet it's never clean. And there's so many things like that, right? So people might say, well, I only cleaned up half the kitchen. So how do I write that down? I don't know. It's half the kitchen. H-A-L-F, just spell it out. And letting ourselves count these things that don't feel productive is a hurdle. And once we get over it, then we really do have that sense of, I am accomplishing so much. and. This is especially powerful with mothers, with stay-at-home parents who are maybe juggling a part-time or full-time job. Very powerful in the pandemic when suddenly we were tasked with maybe educating our children, something that we had outsourced. Maybe we felt like we had to cancel our cleaning services or food production services because we were really insulated. And all of a sudden, we're bringing back all of these tasks to ourselves. And then we're thinking, well, I'm not getting my work done. I must be a failure. But really, no, no, no. We're doing all of these other things. And giving ourselves credit and letting things that we're doing count. You know, think about even the morning example. Well, I had to run upstairs four times because my kid kept forgetting things. Is that my fault? Is that his fault? No, of course not. But it's something that took time and it was a necessary thing to get us out the door. And we have to, I think, give ourselves credit for all that we're doing, not just things that feel big, finishing a project or something like that. Lindsay's pretty cool. Her website's in the show notes. She's like a cook. Did y'all know that as well as a therapist? I mean, I need one of those people in my life. They can talk to you about their problems and cook me some foods. I don't think that's exactly what she does, but I'm just wondering her background. What brought her to this work? When I was in grad school, I didn't exactly know what I wanted to focus on population-wise in mental Mm -hmm. health. And I actually worked um, with elder care and life transitions and geriatric work for a long time, and I loved it. And then when I started having kids... 
you know, I think we are, we're always very good at kind of working with what we know, working with what we're experiencing. And when I started having kids, I saw that there's this sort of growing area in perinatal work. And that's what I do is prenatal, postpartum, family building, parent support, kind of everything in that arena. And what I've come to sort of believe about the world is that if we can support parents, then everything kind of trickles down. We find the supportive parents do better in business. They are making more money for their companies if they are well-supported. We find that also children do better if their parents are happy and healthy and well. There is a there's this belief that sort of moms and dads and parents don't deserve anything for themselves, and we just need to sort of shove it down. I think there's our parents' generation did a lot of that. You just parent your, parent your kids, and that's all you need. And I think for a lot of us, that's not really working anymore. So to me, kind of supporting working parents at all phases of parenting, whether it's before they have kids or after, I think there's a lot of value in that. That The idea, again, of the sandwich generation, that if we can kind of take care of parents at all levels, then that wellness and belief about self-care is going to trickle out into our communities and onto our children. Big thank you to Lindsay for coming on today's episode. We have one question left for her, but make sure you check out her links in the show notes where you can read her work in psychology today or even request to work with her. But before we go, Lindsay, anything else? I think remembering that the same way we would talk to somebody else. You're so awesome. I'm so impressed with your company. What a cool podcast. Awesome website. Love the recipe you developed. We are so generous usually with admiring other people. And we are not that generous with admiring ourselves and, and also giving ourselves grace and giving ourselves a minute. And when people really struggle with that, one thing I always go back to with them is like deathbed speech. When you are lying on your deathbed, are you going to think, oh, I don't know. I was three minutes late for that meeting this morning. Everybody hates me. It affected the impact of my entire, no, no, probably not. You know, and when we give ourselves a little bit more of a big picture, look into ourselves, we see that we are doing our best, that many things that we get fixated on and anxious about do not matter that much. And and then sometimes that lets us really refocus on what does matter, what is important for me to put a lot of energy in and what can I let fall away. And that can usually have a pretty positive impact on that sense of overwhelm, those feelings of anxiety. So guess what you can put on your reverse to-do list tonight? You can put down, I listened to a Happy Brain podcast and invested in my mental health. Check, check. Listen, y'all, whether it is shaking your booty, using an alter ego, or writing on your reverse to-do list, we hope you take a moment for yourself today, my friends, and keep that brain of yours happy. Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy.